Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. It is behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield. And with me, as always, although I was a little concerned about it tonight, but he's here anyway, my big brother, Rich. Rich, how you doing tonight? We'll just need to <coughs> yeah. choke, choke on, on that the smoke <laughs> that was the dumpster fire that we had to witness on Sunday. I, you know what? The more I, I take it back, it was so disappointing and everything else. I honestly don't see that. Then this basically what we're going to be talking about for this whole episode. I don't see that big of a difference between week one and week two, other than. What happened when you didn't have all your people? Um, yep. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We almost you almost didn't get to join me tonight. Yeah, I get a I get a call from you at eight forty five saying, "Uh, our uh, internet just internet went out. Down. <laughs> internet down. Yeah. You're like you had no internet. You had no cable TV. You were out. And I'm like, uh, we'll go with we'll wait till nine fifteen if we have to. You were dead in the water, but uh. Hopefully you don't have those issues arise again during the show. This is kind of our disclaimer in case that does happen later on where all of a sudden Big Bro disappears. He's if not I mad. Disappear, <laughs> it's not because I don't love you all. Yeah. It's that Dave made me mad. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I, I have to admit this. I have to admit this because everyone remember, we're going to talk Steelers, but we know this is a family show. This is two brothers hanging out, talking about football and how things were. I was ready for if someone else, you know, that we, I had a, a person or two that was that was ready to be tapped in at the last minute to fill in for you if you if you couldn't go. And I couldn't wait to have them on the show because I was going to say to everyone, okay, with, with me is all usually with me is all I would always say is my big brother Rich. But honestly, that guy's a jerk and I'm never talking to him again. So you're not gonna <laughs> <Yeah. see him. laughs> That's what I would, and then I, I, I would have set the record straight eventually. But that's what I'm gonna say. I'm never talking to that guy again. You know, that's right. He made me mad during the game. He said, he said something terrible about T.J. Watt. You know, Mom and Dad love him more. Yeah. <laughs> he said that he said that Derek was the better Watt brother, and I'm like, you would always take, you'll take up for the older one every time. I'm done with you. What are you no. talking about? I take up for Derek because he's the middle. Yeah, he's middle the middle child. child. Hey, like I said, our parents, they kept having kids until they had the perfect one. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I couldn't. Both Don't my make wife... me go there on the show. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't make me go there. <laughs> well, now, what's funny is my wife is also a youngest child, and that was something that she would say to her siblings. So, we're here. Let's get back to the Steelers. And I know you're like, boy, you guys are having fun and laughing a lot at coming off of a loss. You know what? Yeah, Sunday sucked. I mean, it's not that the Steelers were terrible. It's not that there weren't that the Steelers have warts, and we saw they were magnified more on Sunday. And that's what we're going to get to talking about more than anything this show. But the thing is, it's not like it's not like they are warts only. You know, they're not just one big wart that has nothing else to offer. It's a new week. It's AFC North football. If you don't learn from it, you're never going to get better in the way that you need to get better. Yep. So let's let's start here. With, the name of the show is the Steelers are who we thought they were. 
We let them off the hook, right? <laughs> they are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah. We let so, them off the hook. In case you all don't understand what is that is in reference to, is that is the famous uh, post-game press conference by one Dennis Green. That was He was in Arizona during that time, right? I seem to remember he was in red when he did that. That it would have been there. Oh, now you got me. Now you got me thinking about. I that. might be wrong. I'm just. I'm just going from memory. But that was one of those. There are some very famous post game interviews, and they were made popular again several years ago. With it was. Bud Light commercials, right? Where they basically oh, yeah. took those famous ones and they they asked different questions and then played the responses. Those they were pretty good commercials. But we playoffs. the infamous playoffs. That's an infamous one. The infamous you play to win the game by hey. one coach Herm Edwards. Um love Coach Herm Edwards. Yes, don't press in, you know. Um don't he press, has a, he has a lot of a lot of good ones, but this one was Dennis Green, and this was um they are who we thought they were. You know, we let them off the hook and 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 things of that nature. Um, some people were saying that it was the Vikings. I'm not sure. It was either Vikings or he coached both teams. I was trying to remember what color he was wearing when I when I visioned that in my head. So, but I feel that that's what's going on with the Steelers is that every, you and I talked about this. Every concern that we had going into week one, and the reason we didn't pick the Steelers to have it all together against the Bills, and of course that everyone tried to say, you're fair weather fans, and things like that, or you don't believe in this team. We know that this team has its shortcomings and its warts. And what happened was what we didn't see in week one got magnified in week two. And yes, injuries had a lot to do with that magnification. Uh, but we'll, we'll get there. Anyway, first... Dennis, right right in here right away, $5 into the tip jar, says, this is from Dennis Sheridan, he says, question, with Carr passing for 380, Allen for 270, do you think our secondary could cover a dead mule? Um, that, I, the secondary wasn't as good this past week because they didn't have Joe Hayden. They took one of the best passing offenses in the NFL in 2020 and basically shut them down in week one. And then when they were missing people in week two, they we kind of saw those warts. What do you have to say about anything about that question, Rich? Sure. Yeah, saw, saw saw the warts, and believe it or not, it's more than Joe Hayden um, yeah. missing because things. You know, you, you think, mm -hmm. well, maybe we can cover up for that. Well, you cover up from that by getting a great pass rush, and then when TJ Watt goes down, uh, Alualu goes down. Basically, you're left with. Um, Cam Hayward trying to to get the pressure mm -hmm. on, and although we got guys around the quarterback, we didn't. It didn't feel the same way as it did in Week One. Yeah, uh, you know, we had guys around the quarterback, but we weren't hitting the quarterback so much. Uh, we weren't rushing the plays, and and that then magnified those warts in the secondary. We were talking uh, okay. About. So, I have to ask you a very important question. Okay. Because you have author privileges at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, because you do write the knee-jerk reaction article, which you can check um, within 20 minutes after every Steelers game. Did you go in on the dashboard and read 
the Vertex article by myself and Jeffrey Benedict for tomorrow because you just summed it up right there. <laughs> did I really? No, I did not go in and do because I try not to. You know why? Yeah. Because I enjoy reading them from the yes. site. So yes. What, I, I, I don't what, I try not to peek and get ahead of things. So no, I did not. Yeah. What we were talking about is the different how the entire defense changed, the entire passing defense changed, particularly when TJ Watt went out. The the snowball effect, if if you will. Now the domi- the domino. Yeah, he was the domino. The domi- yeah. You know, different dominoes fell. Okay. The the first, yeah, you, know, you had Joe Hayden and Devin Bush out. That's a domino. Okay. But the one that really rocked that defense then, you know, you felt you could maybe do enough to cover up and get by until you lost T.J. Watt, and then we just didn't. And I don't want to say that we weren't anywhere close. We were just short, probably, of having what we really needed. You, you're right, and there's something that you got to remember, and Coach Tom brought this up in his press conference. If you didn't get to check it out, we have an audio-only podcast out there that, that I did today that to sum up the, the press conference. Um, it's it's on our audio platform. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, look for Behind the Steel Curtain or Steelers, and you'll find us. But what Coach Tomlin said was about the injuries that they have, which we're going to get to, you know, we want to talk about those a little bit because that's important, but the injuries they have going into this week, the difference now is that it's a lot easier to deal with your injuries when you know them on Tuesday. And it's very difficult to deal with in-game injuries because you've made a plan for the game. Between you and me, Devin Bush and Joe Hayden, not even being on the injury report until Friday, that was huge. That, that was, I mean, they yeah, completely. Was I expected both of them to play just because I'm like, oh, I wonder if they just, you know, had them limited and everything on Friday. You know, oh, they might have been feeling a little something. So let's not have them do this as much. Neither of them. Neither of them went. I don't even know if Devin Bush, if they worked him out before the game. I I, I didn't see a specific. I know they did Joe Hayden to see if he could go. I don't know if Bush was at that point or not because I didn't see that because I was dealing with so many other things. And then both of them are out. And you're, as soon as I saw that, that's when I got nervous. I was ready to go change my FanDuel lineup because I had the Steelers defense. I said, I'm, I said, oh, I'm going to go change it. Then I didn't simply because I'm like, every time I change it, the team that I change it from does great. And you know what? I should have changed it because then maybe they would have done great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're um, full. Yeah, now that I think of it, I never thought about that till just now. I should have changed it just to the Steelers. I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm out of here. You're out of here. But I was instantly concerned um, with both of those players being out because yeah. here's the domino effect like you talk about. when With Devin Bush out, Joe Schobert has to become Devin Bush. And Joe Schobert it's much easier to ask Joe Schobert to be Joe Schobert than Devin Bush. Yes. but Because then Robert Spillane had to be Joe Schobert. Now, all of a sudden, you're asking Cam Sutton to be Joe Hayden and James Pierre to be Cam Sutton, where the week before, Cam Sutton did a really nice job being Cam Sutton. Yep. But then this week, he had to be Joe Hayden. You know? I mean, we know it's next man up and things like that, but... you know what? If the next man up was that great, he'd be getting more playing time. You know what I'm saying? Then you look at, you know, with the Alu Alu, um, Carlos Davis was inactive. So then you were just, 
working on getting the right playing time and how you're going to rotate that there um, because the Steelers were actually playing base defense, which they didn't do at all in the in week one. But then the TJ Watt thing. Now, I don't want to downplay the contributions of Melvin Ingram III and Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith, like I said, PFF grades that really tick me off sometimes, but I am the one who reports them because I get I get them, so I report them. But one thing that stood out to me, he had, next to Cam Hayward, he had the highest run defensive grade on the Steelers' defense this week. And the Steelers did a really good job stopping the run. So Alex Highsmith, I feel, was doing what he was tasked to do, if you know what I mean. And yeah. Melvin Ingram came in, got quarterback hits, got a sack, played well. But you don't want Melvin Ingram and Alex Highsmith to have to be TJ Watt. Am right. I right? Right. Because yeah. they're not meant to be TJ Watt. They're not meant to be TJ Watt. And then when you do that, those two guys are used to being in the rotation and getting the snaps anyway. Now who's getting the snaps? Jameer Jones. You know, playing, who had one snap in week one, which was his first defensive snap in a regular season NFL game. So it's not that, you know, he didn't, they didn't, they did a terrible job or things like that. It, it's just different. And what Jeffrey and I were breaking down and what Jeffrey did on film is to show it wasn't even in Derek Carr's reads and reactions with no TJ Watt was significantly different. You know, they did different. He was not, he was more likely to give that extra half second to allow something else to open up before throwing the ball because he didn't have to worry about TJ Watt. Yeah. So you can't downplay the injuries, but Anything else you want to say about the injuries before we go back to the warts? Just <laughs> Other no, just just that they thought feel horrible for Alu Alu. Oh my goodness. Um, that that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. You know. Now mm-hmm. you know what I will say one more thing, only because I told you it irritated me to no end today. Saw somebody on the website making comments. Trying to say then, see, look at that. We paid TJ Watt all this money and now he's hurt and he's not going to be playing and blah 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 blah. No, you know what I take out of that game? Mm-hmm. After seeing the dominoes, the way that they mm-hmm. fell when TJ Watt came out of the game, that guy's worth every penny. Yeah. Because, because he, he's that much of a difference. He makes him being on the field not only is he really good, mm-hmm. but because he's that good, he makes everybody else around him a little bit better. Yeah. And that's what you, yeah. you know. You want that. You need that. It's to me. It was worth what we've paid him. Um, and honestly, if this was week seventeen and the Steelers needed a win to get into the playoffs, I could almost guarantee from what I was seeing as T.J. Watt was coming off the field and on the sideline, T.J. Watt would have been back in the game. I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty significant injury because the last thing you want it one, you you don't want to hurt it worse. And two, if he's if he can't get to the quarterback any faster, then what he could possibly do while injured, Melvin Ingram might have been a better option than TJ playing hurt. I don't know. Luckily, we're never gonna have to answer that question. Nope. You know what I'm saying? He'd have, so, oh, just, he'd have gone back out on the field and tried to get it done. Yeah. 
doesn't mean he'd have stayed out on the field and be able to finish it. Exactly. If it was the Super Bowl, I think he would have tried to go back out. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people do that. Steel Dog 88 throws $2 into the tip jar and says, our, OL, our O-line should help our quarterback up if he gets hit. Yeah, that was something that was brought up. Some people were upset when, when um, Ben Roethlisberger took the big hit and none of his linemen helped him up. I will tell you this. Who is the leader of the offensive line? It's very simple. It's someone right now that's not even on the active roster. And that's Zach Banner. And he actually spoke on one of the radio shows today and he already addressed that issue. He says that will never happen again. <laughs> that, uh, that that's just one of those things. That's what, you know, you've got some young inexperienced guys with some things like that. Yeah. You don't do that. Okay. Okay. Um, Dennis wanted to follow up question kind of along the same same lines. Five dollars in tip jar says follow up with our O line needing a spit shine. Do you think we could stop a dead mule from hitting Ben? Um, I saw somebody. Rich, you you want to answer this first? Sure. Um, Dennis, we we could we could stop a live mule from hitting Ben. Yeah, if we cut Mm -hmm. all its legs off. (laughs) (laughs) i know know. so i mean it's Um, not that they can't i i saved something i gotta find it you know it's not that they can't right now i think dennis the biggest issue is they can't do it consistently they can't stop a dead mule from hitting ben all right i gotta read this quote because it's going to okay. go right up with what you're saying. This is from Mark Caballi of The Athletic. He tweeted this out today. He said, the thing about the Steelers' O-line is that they have moments, but they all don't have moments together. There you go. That I thought that summed it up for someone you know who pays attention to the offensive line and things like that. I thought that summed it up really well. If you look at them, you know, when I go back and look at individual players and what they do on plays, there's times I'm like, oh wow, look at the ferocity of Kendrick Green, even though he might be a little undersized. Oh, look at look at Dan Moore. You know, believe it or not, I mean, people are going to hate that I say this, but Chuksakorafor might have had his best run blocking game ever. But that's also because the expectations are low with him with run locking and everything else. So, um, but that didn't really help whenever there were problems in other areas. You know what I'm saying? Yep. If if yeah. Chooks actually when you're makes... Going, you're going yeah, go on ahead. a run play for us to have success in a running game like everybody's screaming we need. Yeah. You need pretty much, you need everybody to hit their blocks. Yep. Three out of five guys hitting their blocks... Does not get it done, right? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes four out of five guys hitting their blocks does not yep. get it done. You blow up a play badly, and that's what we're not seeing. Everybody's mm-hmm. not hitting what they need to top notch on plays. Yeah, it's always somebody somewhere seems to be, you know letting us down and it's different guys all the time. You can't even say that it's always chooks or it's always Dotson or so, you know, it, no, it's, it, it, you know, there's plenty to go around. Yeah. If they can get themselves all on the same page and have plays where everybody hits it like they're supposed to, Mm -hmm. the Steelers are good and you're going to see good plays. Yeah. Like was that the was that this game where you know 
They had one real nice run by Najee. And the first thing I thought what had happened was, wow, the blocking was really good on that play. Yeah. Well, that was about the only play I think I saw where everybody, you know, where I could mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. I was going to say when I look at some of these plays and I go back and I I, I pick out a nice job done by somebody, a lot of times it's still in a play that doesn't do much yeah. because somebody else didn't. You know what I, I mean? That's exactly yeah. what it comes down to. So when you look at some of these, what I mean, if Chooks or Core 4 actually makes a nice block, I shouldn't, I mean, I don't know if that's disrespectful to say that. If, you know, if Chooks or Core 4 makes a nice block, it's kind of wasted when somebody else blows it and the play does nothing. And the play does nothing. Right. That's the problem. And I mean, I already know some people like Chutes is terrible. He's so, he's so awful. He's the worst tackle in the league. Now, like I said, once again, PFF scores, take them or leave them, whatever, you know, I just know them because I required a report on them. So therefore I know what they are. I disagree with some things, but some things I agree with more often than not, I feel like they, they do a better job with offensive line and defensive line because it is easier to grade. But Chooks of actually right now is number 46 in, in the league out of 94. I mean, and he's he actually is ranked above players such such as um, Orlando Brown, who was a big trade to Kansas City this year, uh, Riley Reef, um, Jonah Williams, people he's ahead of, Jake Matthews, Tristan Wirfs. Yes, he's ranked ahead of Tristan Wirfs after two games, who everyone went crazy over. Uh, Laramie Tunsil, um, ranked higher than Trent Brown. Um, um, okay, Brian Balaga, you know what I'm saying? I can keep yes. I can keep naming off other people. So uh, Taylor Lewan is 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 like one of the worst. Ta- well, he only had one game and then was hurt this week. Um, for the you, for the you know what I think. A lot so of folks, it's not a lot like of- he's awful, but you know what. A lot of tackles aren't I'm, – I'm not saying it's not like he's awful. It's not like he's great. But there's a lot of teams struggling with their tackles right now. I think, you know, I'm going to put words into some of the fans' mouths because okay. it's sometimes how I feel. Like, especially at times when I was watching the game the other day, mm-hmm. what would come out of my mouth is, come on, Chooks. I expect more from you. Yes. It's still that it's the expectations. Yep. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, he has been with the Steelers longer than any other lineman. Correct. (laughs) And it's like, I I feel I have higher expectations for him and he's not always living up to that. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating for me. I'm sure it's frustrating for him. You know, I'm sure he doesn't want to hear the fan base out here saying, get rid of Chooks. He's awful. Yeah. You know, um, they don't have a better option right now. They do not. They don't. So um, all they can do is try to get better with what they have. I mean, they could go out and try to spend money on somebody, but honestly with so think about this, you're like, Oh, well go get this guy or that guy. With so many teams out there having issues at tackle, don't you think one of them would have thought to go get the, those other people if they were a really good option as well? Yeah. This is not just a Pittsburgh Steelers problem if you're looking around the league. There's there's it's it's really tough to find uh, a really good, you know, you've got Trent Williams 
and then you've got everybody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the pretty much in, in the NFL right now. I mean, he's 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 tearing up in San Francisco, and everyone else is just trying to keep up with that. So I don't want to spend the whole time on the offensive line, but the offensive line was one of these things that we were concerned about. Back to what I was saying about with going into Buffalo. Could the offensive line keep it together enough to actually keep Ben upright for the offense to do anything? That was a question we had going into mm-hmm. Buffalo. Would could the could the other cornerback position cornerback position as well as slot corner do enough to not be a big weakness for the Steelers secondary? That was a big question that we had. And it got magnified in week two with no Joe Hayden. Okay. Can can the Steelers do they have do they have to rely on big plays and takeaways and splash plays just in order to win the game? They didn't have splash plays in week two. That's part of the reason why they didn't win. They had the splash play on special teams in week one, and that was the difference in the game. So all these questions that we and concerns that we had going into week one, we just saw in week two that they're all still there. Just because the Steelers had, you know, Everything went their way. They pulled it together enough to get a big upset victory on the road in week one. Didn't mean that all those things magically disappeared. But now you have to address them even more. Now you have to address them even more. It has brought more to the forefront, which is could be a really good thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? And I I I'm not paying attention at all to the to the live chat pretty much because I was looking up some other things, but something I saw in there much earlier said that. Now I'm trying to remember what they said. <laughs> that something about the Raiders, you know, if they make the playoffs, this loss looks completely different. If they, if, if they make the playoffs, this loss looks completely different. I mean, look at this. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and that disgusting purple team to the east of us that is in the division. Both teams are sitting there at the records we pretty much expected after two weeks. Yeah. But we both we expected the Steelers to to not be able to, to to pull it out in Buffalo against such a good team who we showed what they how they bounced back in week two. You can see that. And the, and you expected that purple team to, you know, go out, take care of business in Vegas, and then have too tough of a game at home against the, the two-time defending AFC champion. You know? And that's not how it worked. Both of these teams that you expected to be one and one, if you would have been talking about this weeks ago, both expected them both to beat Vegas and Vegas won both games. I mean, the Raiders beat a team that beat their biggest competition in, in, in their division, you know? So now could we see that team fall apart because you know, it's the Raiders. They've done that in more in recent years because of, you know, you always have to question if, you know, quality ownership and things like that. So we're not going to really understand this until much later on. That's, I mean, that's just like, I brought it up before. I can't remember. Was this on the post game show? Maybe there's times where you think, Wow, this team's three and zero to start to see two three and zero teams facing off. Oh, the Steelers beat this team who hadn't lost a game yet because they were three and zero. That's a really big win. If that team finishes their season with only five wins, that doesn't mean anything at the end of the season. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So this will be, get put more into perspective. But is the sky falling? 
Last week we asked if it was too early to get excited. Now the question is, is it too early to say the sky's falling? Um, okay. I'm going to say it's not No, if the Steelers can't get and stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You know, a little lose out for the year. Well, okay. he's that, not. Well, that's not, not for sure. For the year. But he's out he's for out. a very long time, and I yes. would not be surprised at all if it is for the year. I, right. I don't think the Steelers should have him in their plans at all. It would be a pleasant surprise if he's able to come back. I think at least his loss is something you can, lack of a better term, you, you can cover up his loss easier. Mm-hmm. You can put some makeup on that wart. Yeah, and maybe get away with it. But because, um, and, and you know, because how often do you play the nose tackle? You correct. know, a lot of people are like, oh, if Stefan Tua can come back, we don't know how soon he can come back. Hopefully, it would be in week four, which is the earliest he can, but no guarantees. Right. Um, some people would probably say, well, did Coach Tomlin address that? And the coach, there was no way Coach Tomlin was addressing those IR players this week. That's next week's oh. question. Yep. So, because he's going to say, I, I'm focused on the people that I have available to me. That's going to, you know, that's the answer you're going to get. Yeah. So, Defensively, if we can keep Devin Bush and get Joe Hayden and TJ Watt and those guys, if we can get those, our core guys there and keep them relatively healthy, I feel better. Mm-hmm. Offensively, what I want to see going forward is, is what, I felt I was going to see need to see as the season went on, and that is going to be I need to see continued improvement from the offensive line, mm-hmm. especially in that ways of continuity in terms of got yeah guys not missing things badly on plays, you know everybody on the same page and making plays, but you know if, if those things can happen, then the sky's not falling. But if we're constantly having injuries and line can't block and Ben's getting knocked to the ground 10 times a game and things like that, yeah, I'm concerned if we can't clean that up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's everything that we talked about going into the Bills. Can the line keep Ben from getting killed? Can they block to actually get a running game going? Well, well, well. Will the receivers be able to be on the same page as their quarterback and catch the ball? You know, will what's going on with the secondary? How well will Bush and Schobert be able to mesh together early in the season? All these questions that we weren't sure about for Buffalo just were magnified this week. I've said it too many times. I should just stop saying it. But it just it just goes to show that one one major win didn't make it all go away. And I, that's kind of like, I felt the same way last last year when, when everybody was ready to, after the Steelers made the big comeback against the Colts, that meant everything was fixed. I wasn't convinced everything was fixed. I wanted to see them play more in week 17 with their starters. I understood why you didn't want them to get hurt at the end. That made sense too, but I wasn't convinced that they had it all together. And then we saw early in the wildcard game how much they really didn't have it all together. So that's, 
I, 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 I'm, I'm mad. I took the criticism because I didn't pick the pick the Bills or pick the Bills. Didn't because I did pick the Bills over the Steelers, and I kind of let my logic get away from me to realize that this was a much more tougher game than what we thought. And we're going to talk about the next game and how tough that's going to be. We're going to finish up some stuff here from this week because it's really important as we move forward. So with that, we're going. If you're here listening on audio only, get ready to flip on over to part two. And if you're here on Facebook Live or YouTube, just hold on for a few seconds and we'll be right back. (laughs) 